Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we have Chris Zeno from Texas, and excited to have you here today, Chris. Oh, thanks so much, David. I appreciate being here and everybody who's watching or listening. Thank you so much. And I guarantee you'll get some great value out of this. So we're excited. Cool. Right on. So why don't you start with just telling us a little bit about yourself and what your company does? All right. So I have many uh, chapters in my life. It's uh, many lives, but uh, uh, we'll go from the recent. Uh, we'll do kind of the mini, mini hero's journey, I guess. Uh, you know, in 1998, I was uh, 21 I was mainly doing fitness, fitness modeling, competitive writing for fitness, um, and uh, competing with the Mr. America in 1998. So for me, I thought, you know, I definitely thought this is my career just as far as training and nutrition goes, had my degree in exercise physiology, and then life threw me a little bit of a curveball. Uh, because remember, I had based my identity at that time on how I looked and what I was, my profession was in, which is nutrition and diet. And then I got... Uh, a horrible diagnosis of something called ulcerative colitis. So this is an mm. autoimmune disease where your body actually attacks itself, the colon specifically. So you go into the bathroom 13, 15 times a day because your body's literally eating itself from the inside out. Um, nothing was working. I went from 230 pounds down to 158 pounds in three months, um, literally, uh, you know, crapping my pants in public, which was so, so, I mean, it was just more than a physical disease it's emotional it's traumatic in every way she perform and you know my identity of who i was was literally stripped away right so um not the medical doctors couldn't help in the u.s healthcare system uh, all they want to do is give you drugs and surgery which is a horrible way of correcting a cause and, uh, there was just no uh, no good options they want to take in my entire colon and that's kind of a commitment plus it, there would have been ramifications and if not or, or death uh, very quickly so I, I looked at all of their alternative means and one of my uh, anatomy teachers from 10th grade says, listen, I need you to go see my chiropractor. And I thought it was like, to me, it was like, it was so far fetched of what I would ever thought. I was like, how can a muscle modality help an autoimmune disease? Cause I didn't know what chiropractic was that it dealt with the nervous system and the spine and the nerves coming out of the spine. So I went there and you know what he said, made a lot of sense. And I was like, listen, I just want to know when I'm going to get better. And he gave me the most honest, answer any doctor gave me because most doctors gave me some crap line that once you did this you did that and it was just almost like a trojan horse or bait and switch it sucked and he goes listen i don't know when you're gonna get better but there's damage in your spine he goes as when you choose to correct that problem give your body the ability to heal and function like it normally did then your body will have a chance to get well he's like but the day and the time i can't answer that that's between you and your body Mm -hmm. and i was just such a real answer right i was like shit so I gave it a try and I wish I could tell you in a month that was better. No, in seven months though, my body healed itself. The, the cause of the problem was corrected. My body was getting proper nerve supply to the area. My immune system was able to restore itself again as it should. And in seven months, you know, the blood stopped and my body healed itself from this autoimmune terminal incurable disease. And so when I had a, an experience like that, then that experience gave me a new sense of purpose. 
like, wow, I got this story. I got this, uh, I got this truth. I got this idea that I really didn't know about because no one really told me except one person, but my life changed because of this. So then I went back to school and got my doctorate in chiropractic and wellness. And then really, uh, for 16, 17 years, I told that story. Well, it was, you know, more, more in depth than that, but I told that story, my story, uh, which we'll get into as far as the power of a story. Um, and this is a company, you know, this, that, that one clinic grossed way over $30 million over those 17 years. And um, I wish I kept, I didn't keep <laughs> that much, but I'm just saying, but I'm just showing you the power of an experience of your life. And a lot of times we have experiences in our life that we may take for granted, or we have bad experiences in our life that we don't want to tell anybody, but not knowing that the gold is there and that could trans, transmute and connect at a level that uh, nothing else could. And so I realized the power of story, the power of experience and everything I do in my life. Now I'm into stem cells and regenerative medicine in Cancun and around the world because I have a story associated with that. So I, so for me to be truly successful is it wasn't coming from thought or education. It was coming from personal experience or experience of someone so close to me that I know it wasn't like bullshit. You know, I knew it was like, Hey, listen, mm -hmm. this is my mom, you know, and my mom was suffering. Let me tell you this story. Let me tell you what happened. And through that story or through someone close to me or me personally, you know, I'm able to have uh, content and context wrapped into one. So I could actually teach a principle, a law, a theory, and in turn in a way where it's very personalized and it, it touches the person in heart versus me just giving a bunch of information and not really having, uh, you know, really persuading that person to at least take a, a look or a crack at it. So, and today, right now, you know, I had that chiropractic career. My, the cloud has moved for me, meaning that simply I did it. And, you know, there's that part of you that wants to expand, evolve and, and grow. And uh, we, we now went to stem cells. We went into regenerative medicine. And then the United States FDA uh, wanted to shut that down because they want to classify it as a drug because it was working. And so mm -hmm. that's why out of the country, we were able to do some amazing things, utilizing stem cells, uh, chemistry, and uh, regenerative medicine with no option patients, meaning these people were told by the U.S. healthcare system, listen, there's nothing we could do and send them off on their way. And I head off, you know, there's that one section I head off. The, men, uh, the male vitality section, which is where we deal with, you know, executives, entrepreneurs, influencers, athletes, and sheiks all around the world, just to really maximize, almost become the true fountain of youth and what they're doing. Because, you know, any, any really sharp business person knows that, you know, their body, when it's functioning optimally and they're feeling good, their mind is sharp, you know, they're clear-minded. And that A game, that one to 2% A game of theirs really could transfer into just not only relationship capital, health capital, business capital, all around. So it's not being 100% better. You know, sometimes it's just that, it's that razor's edge, as I like to call it, is amazing. And so many entrepreneurs, they become very successful, but their health is actually the least um, successful. And a lot of them, they, uh, they don't enjoy the fruits of their labor or they end in health issues, or all these other things. So we realized that if I could hack into your body and maximize that body in every way, shape or form, every area of your life will add a zero to, whether it be relationship, capital, families, health, you name it. And that's the way we're able to get our professionals to an entirely different level versus some just mindset technique. We teach mindset, but without the body, without the vehicle being at its optimal potential, you're not going to enjoy all your success. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks for sharing that. Yeah, so you're pick that in my apart, language. you know. Yeah, let's pick that apart. And uh, and like I say, everything goes with me. I mean, you could ask 
I don't hide anything. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly how it is, whether it sounds good or not. So um, <laughs> I, you, you got an open book with me and because I know that'll be able to help uh, many of us watching, you know? Cool. Yeah. I love it. You're speaking my language, yeah. the mind and the body, obviously yeah. not separate. Um, so let's go back to, cause I think this is really cool is you said you're completely wrapped up in that identity. Mm -hmm. And so how did you work through that? How did you create a new identity? Like what was your process yeah. in that as you were going through, you know, dealing with that disease? Yeah. So, you know, what was my, I, a lot of times we base our identity. I call it actually a secret identity. You know, mm -hmm. we, we base our identity off of teachers, preachers, parents, dogmas, um, media, movies, you know, whatever that is. It's like, we're basically living our lives like, uh, according to other people's values, subordinated values onto our lives. Maybe some of your parents said, you need to go become a doctor. You need to come in, whatever that is. Like, you don't realize that we're basically checking off boxes that other people or other things, uh, uh, you know, taught us that this was it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're putting not, not asking yourself, what's my truth? What's my desire? Become childlike and saying, like, when I'm a kid, remember when we were children, you, you go to a kid and people used to ask us, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. It mm -hmm. was like they were saying, what is your vision when you're going to grow up? And then here I like when I introduce myself, hey, Dave, and what do we say? What do you do for a living? Like, so yeah. so when did uh, when did what we do became our identity versus what switched from what was our vision as our identity versus what is our job? What is our, our thing that we do? What is our human yeah. doing? And, uh, you know, and we don't really realize that. And what I see is you, you can hit the boxes. I hit the boxes. I had the house. I had the car and all the stuff. And I check, 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 check. And then you're still unfulfilled. Like, what's going on? Because you realize, holy shit, I, I, uh, I met everybody else's expectations for my life or what, or what the world thought you should do. But I, I totally became disenchanted and disconnected on my childhood self, which was like, what is my truth? What, is, what did I want to be when I grow up? And I even asked people, like, David, I would ask you, like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, we should always be like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Because mm -hmm. it's just that evolving nature inside of us that we were put here for a reason to do something that was innately a part of us. And um, so, but I had found my identity and how I looked and being the doctor, right? And all these other things. So in the beginning, it was how I looked, bodybuilding, right? Yeah. And I'm sick. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because I eat right, I exercise, I don't do drugs, right? I don't drink, I don't smoke. So how come, how about this? They're like, how come I have this disease? And there's people lining up, lining up every morning at McDonald's and eating crap. Like, you know, it was very tough for me to understand. I am, I am doing quote unquote everything right. See, I was so I was in a lot of right and wrong. I'm mm -hmm. I'm doing everything right. And point of it, they do things wrong, whether it be eating McDonald's or drinking or smoking. And how come? They don't have, I'm, how come they don't have an incurable disease? So it's a big thing in me because I didn't know what health was. See, I thought health was how I looked or how I felt like a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. We're symptom free, but not realizing that if you look at the definition of health, it's the optimal functioning of your body, mentally, physically, socially, and spiritually. And it's not merely the absence of a sickness or disease. So it's, you know, like health, health is just not how you look at your feel. It's how you're functioning. And then when you look at the top two disease killers, cancer and heart disease, the reason why they're the top two disease killers, yet they take 30, 40 years to kill you. So why is that? Because you don't feel cancer until it's too late. You don't feel heart disease until it's too late. That's why I hear someone, well, they were so healthy and they went out for a run and then they had a heart attack. They weren't healthy. They were sick. So something mm -hmm. was not functioning correctly because when something functions correctly, it doesn't build disease process. So when you realize that health is how I function, so I can look great on the outside, but I still have dysfunction in some area of my body or my relationship could look amazing on the outside, but it could be dysfunctional somewhere 
creating a disease of the of of your your business of your health of your relationship so when you really look at it as health equals function in area any area of your life that's what we look at because we could be deceived by uh the outward appearance of what's going on so that led me to believe a whole new look and that has to change your identity but here's the thing so now i became a doctor to teach this so now i'm a doctor teaching this and then now my new identity is well, i'm the doctor right mm -hmm. so then I got to the point in my life for me to teach other principles, even outside the health and wellness field, it meant me leaving my lane, right? Or leaving that lane. So if I leave my lane, I got scared because I now was leaving my identity. So for mm -hmm. me to retire from being a doctor, it meant leaves, losing my identity, shit. So, so what happens, I was basing my identity on the things outside of me and not basing the identity that when you realize that, David, you know, you having a successful podcast, which you do, that does not make you successful. And I realized me being a doctor or making money or this or that or what I wear on my watch or my car doesn't make me successful. I came to the conclusion that we are successful people and wherever we bring us create success. So I'm a successful person. I be we become a successful person in us. Then we bring the successful person to the marriage, to the relationship, to the business, to the person. So these things don't make us successful. It's who we become here in our heart, us personally, spiritually, that makes us successful. And we bring that to everywhere. So that's almost like, I just don't switch hats. We are a successful person that we bring that to the table, not the other way around. So your identity becomes from something that is you, inside you, for you, from you, not a thing. Because a lot of times we get so stuck on that thing, it, we fail to move forward or we get comfortable and we don't make that leap that'll lead to a much beautiful, better, amazing life that's there for us. So it's, it's really not getting things from the outside, but really um, getting that dream, heart and vision and success or identity from who we are individually. Yeah, yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And, and one of the ways that I kind of like to look at that is it's almost just like, these are just different skills, right? right. Mm -hmm. This is just being a, a doctor of chiropractic. That's a skill over here. And then this thing over here is the skill it doesn't change who you are right now. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it's okay to change. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the right. other thing. Like, like a, why right? parents, parents generation was like, you go, you get the, the career, you stay there for 40 years and like, that's mm. it. And then, then you have a lot of identity tied up in that. But, yeah. but I think it's starting to unwind now where people are like, oh, actually, I want to try that for a while and try that for a while. And You know, Jim Rohn said it best. He's like, we're the only, as human beings, we're the only type of species that we could wake up the next morning, we could tear up the script and rewrite the script. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's powerful. It sounds good. Like, I know a lot of these, you know, yeah, it sounds like, because he has a lot of great quotes and means. But if you really meditate on that, it could be the scariest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, A, knowing that I do have the option. Yes, I know I could wake up tomorrow and tear up the script and rewrite it. Yeah. And I won't be homeless. But here's the deal. It's like, but then it really exposes. But I'm so rooted in something that could even be dysfunctional in my life. You know, why do people continue to have dysfunctional relationships? So they keep on go um, going job to job and it creates the same situation. is because it's what we know. It's what we became accustomed to. It's what we're certain in, right? Yeah. Not that yeah. we, it's not so enjoyable, but we just, we're certain in it. So anything different feels weird or um, confusion. And it's a lot, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, it sounds nice. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good meme. No, no, but that's, if you think about that, I could rewrite my script at any day I want and tear up the old one. It means letting go of identities and letting go of things that uh, are dysfunctional that we may be addicted to. Yeah. So addiction uh, is just not booze or alcohol or drugs. We addicted to a, a certain pattern that we keep on seeing over and over again that we're used to and we're certain. 
but we don't really, but, but we're not really getting what we're truly deserving of. So, so you're yeah. right. Absolutely, buddy. I, I agree. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Um, cool. So let's uh, shift gears just a little yeah. bit. And so obviously you've created a couple if not more successful businesses. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear like one or two lessons you learned along the way that really helped you kind of make a breakthrough and, and create the success that you had. Right, right. So the first one I will definitely say is um, some type of personal experience with it. Mm. 100%. Um, I've, do, I've done all mine by story. All right. So what I mean by story is, you know, I tell my story exactly the way it happened to me because I, and the reason why I came upon the story is I used to be a very educational person. So, cause school is about shoving education down your throat. Right. So right. when I, I came out in practice, I had, a, I had a PowerPoint, I had this book, not this one, but I had a book and it said like, you know, medical statistics or shit like that. But really in the book was, I had written out my speech or my talk. Mm-hmm. So I would stand behind a podium and I would have it there and I would be kind of reading my talk right and so i was really doing a lot of education the powerpoint was a lot of education so i gave all this education and at the end i got a golf clap and uh people were like yeah do you have a card you know and uh yeah <laughs> and that was really good information and yeah if i have this so i was like wow and this is some life and i already had my experience this is some life-changing stuff but i thought it, i if i just educated the heck out of you um you'd do it so then one day I was asked to speak uh, at the Rotary, you know, and in Houston, the Rotary here is filled with a lot of surgeons and big oil. So, you know, you got some billion and some big oil here. Yeah. And I had uh, something called imposter syndrome. You heard of that, right? Oh, yeah. Imposter syndrome means I'm about to enter a room that I don't really belong in. What a bullshit lie. See, this is stuff we tell ourselves, right? What do you mean? Because like, oh, how, how am I going to impress? How am I going to impress them? I'm thinking now, like, how, uh, how am I going to impress these people? Like, my job is to share what I have. So I'm thinking, how am I going to impress them? How am I going to show off to them? How am I going to gain their respect? So I'm so wrapped up into them and in my head that when I went to the Rotary, I forgot all my, my crutches. I forgot the PowerPoint. I forgot the book. I left half my stuff at home. And I didn't have my crutches. So I was sitting in the car. It was in July. I'm sweating. And I'm like, I'm just going to flake. Yeah, like I was okay with flaking. I was at the point where I would run away because running away seemed much easier to do. Mm-hmm. And to face this. And then it just kind of hit me in the head. be like, listen, I could go in there and I could just tell my personal story, my experience. Because one thing that no person in that room could be better at was my story, right? Because it's my story. No one could beat me at my story and no one could bullshit me at my story. Like, I can't say, Dave, like, your story's BS. It's your story. Right. So, so I'm just going to go in there. And I was just like, and I just told my story and shared my story. And uh, that was the first time I ever got a standing ovation. And that was the first time people already came up to me with cash and say, listen, I want to re- reserve a spot before anybody else. So just tell me a time I'll come and I'll even give you like, what's, what's the, what's the new patient? It's $150. Well, I'll give you 150 now to reserve the spot. Nice. I was like, dude, what the heck? And I knew at that point and I talked to someone, I'm like, why was that effective? And they're like, your story and your, and, and your, your context is way more connecting than all of that content you threw at people. And I'm like, I get it. So, so don't, do not be afraid of sharing your experience, all the ups and downs, the hero's journey of it. And I took that. Then I started doing lunch and learns and dinners. I would go to work and I would just tell that story. So I was the guy who had one move and I practiced it 10,000 times. You ever hear that? Yeah. Don't be afraid of the person who has 10,000 moves. Be afraid of the person who has one move and they practice it 10,000 times. 
So I perfected my story. And in my story, as I'm telling my story, I also weaved in, well, what are some objections the crowd would have, right? So instead of um, answering objections face on, I would weave them into it. So, you know, so I would weave objections, all this other stuff. So I made this masterpiece telling my story, leading them on a journey to get them to make action. I call a call to action at the end, which is for me coming on in. Uh, that could be a, a discovery call. That could be whatever, whatever that call to action was. Charge it and say, listen, you know, if you have it and purchase it right then and there to set up that schedule. And I, I've, I've done the talk thousands of times all over the world, that one, that one talk. And, and so, I, so I realized, I realized everything I do, every business I did, what is my personal experience? And I must tell what I do through a personal experience because it, it gives so much depth and contrast and context to something that makes it very real to people. And it's emotional because I could also talk because when you're telling that story, there's emotion behind it. You know, I was facing getting my colon. I was facing not being able to have children. I was facing having to spend $6,000 a month on medication. I was faced on early death. You know, with regenerative medicine, I was facing an 80-year-old mother who was going to get bilateral knee surgery, but they wouldn't do it because she's 80 years old. She couldn't walk. She was looking at pain management and opioids for the rest of her life, all this stuff. And she was walking three miles a day, nine months later with stem cells. So, and then for me personally, so I was able to, you know, I got to weave in something personal because when it's personal, it gives me a purpose and it gives me a mission. And uh, so whether when people say, well, I don't have a story. Well, when I work with and I consult with people, if yes, usually they do have a story or we work with someone they know personally that has a story. So at least we have to get into, you know, getting in someone's shoes that's suffering, like maybe someone in the crowd is suffering. And suffering doesn't, this is just not medical, guys. Like whatever profession you're in, you're in a profession because you're solving a solution, right? You have a solution. And that solution, yeah. is, that, that, that solution is solving a pain point in someone's life. So you could get in that person's shoes and feel the pain and, and describe the pain. And that person's like, that's exactly how I feel. And you could then describe your solution. And then that solution leads to a call of action. So for me, speaking, uh, speaking and or video. That's my, that's what I call my, uh, my, my vehicles of, uh, you know, my, 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 super, my, my vehicle of, of choice, you know, you know, ma you know, I maximize the vehicle of choice. Uh, some of you, you're great writers. Some of you guys are great on podcast and, 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 and audio. My, uh, my vehicle of influence was speaking one to many. See, mm -hmm. there's a difference. Some of you are better one to one. I'm better one to many and video, which is a source of one to many. And so you find your vehicle of influence uh, and you can be, you can be a great writer. You could be great on podcast. So you find that vehicle of influence and that's what you go with. Yeah. And tell your story. Nice. I love it. You know what I mean? Like tell your, it's, it can't be, it can't be so, you know, it's educational, but it has to have human, human, humanness to it. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. a word. It's yeah. gotta have um, the ups, the downs, like, you know, because you don't want to come in as a Superman. See, so for me, I, I call it wrapping the package. I look a certain way because I non-verbally am. It's a non-verbal way of me if I'm dealing with health to have a non-verbal, um, what do you call it, congruency. Like, right. wow, this dude, like without even speaking, they know, they kind of think they know what I'm talking about. But it's because I look a certain way. So just think I come in and I look a certain way and I look like the picture of health. So people automatically think, wow, this dude knows what he's talking about. And I tell a story of how I looked away in a certain way, but I thought I was healthy, but I really wasn't. So I create this whole conundrum, right? So, wow, it's not yeah. how I look, how I feel. This guy looks like this. He does this. And yet he was susceptible to a life. Yeah. So 
So it just, it, I just take them through a journey and, and just get in their mind, their heart to show them, Hey, you know, this is, uh, this is my story. This is how it benefited me in my life and tens of thousands of people and how they need this in their life as well to either a deal with the problem that they're dealing with, you know, here, it could be a solution and, or what's even better. How about we never get to the problem and we start something now we should have been doing like a blind spot, take care of this now, work on that now, put it in our lives now. So we never have to go through a hero's journey when it comes to your health or finances or relationships, whatever, whatever that might be that, that your services. And I, I think it's, um, I think, I think story for me, story was the absolute key. And you, like I said, you could tell that story through many vehicles of influence. It doesn't have to just be speaking. Well, I'm a shit. I don't want to speak. No, I'm not telling you to speak. Whatever influence you have, you could write it through book, you could write a book, whatever that is, I believe um, it, ha it has a story component. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully believe that and know that to be true too. It's like, you can Google anything. Yeah, you can find out all the information you want about, you know, colitis and whatever, but there's no, there's no impact. There's no connecting to that if you don't feel like the struggles that you went through to get through that journey. Yeah. And, and if you do it to story that's personal, you don't really have to go and learn all the persuasion techniques. Like, you know, emotion, people buy off emotion. Well, you know what? If you, if you really get into your story, all those components naturally occur. Because sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to really kind of manipulate people. There's a difference between manipulation and persuasion. We're like, I'm always selling myself. I'm selling myself to you guys now. We always sell ourselves. And right. persuasion is not bad. Persuasion is this. Guys, I, I want you to kind of see it how I see it. That's all persuasion is. Manipulation is using tactics and things on purpose to mind screw for your benefit over someone else. So said, manipulation is one thing, but persuasion. I mean, if I know, if I, hey, listen, if I believe water is healthy for you, I'm going to try to persuade you the benefits of water and how it helped my life and all the benefits over you drinking soda every day. If right. I really truly believe, so it comes to a conviction when it's your story, there's a conviction about, see, it's tough because innately, if someone's not convicted here, you could say the same words, but it doesn't, there's a fourth dimension. I call it. there's a, there's a energy. There's a force. You can't see that someone could pick up on bullshit and someone could be like, this person's telling the truth. It's this innate gut. It's an intuition, right? Yep. You know, when someone's genuine. And so, so they'll say, this is why people are like, so what's your talk? I go, no, I'm not going to give you my script because it's my worry. We could say the same words. In fact, you could do the talk better. You could write the article better, but there's something innately that someone feels there's an energy where phone was like, eh, self fear is weird about this or salesy about this versus, wow, this person's opening up their heart and they're spilling their emotions. And they're genuine. So again, it, it's coming from a convicted place. So you can memorize the words and, and come from here, the head, or you could come from the heart. So the best is to come from the head and the heart. So you're putting all those things together where you're giving some great knowledge, wisdom, insight, understanding. At the same time, they know it's coming from a really pure place. And I, I can't, I wish I could tell you what clicks on the intuition, what doesn't. But I think we've all experienced when we talk to someone someone's coming from a two-dimensional space kind of flat and mm -hmm. someone's coming from the heart. Like, I don't like, it's a feeling, it's a feeling and it's an intuition that we trust. And that's why we say yes or no, or we procrastinate. So well, I'll think about it or I'll do my research. Or I'll talk to my spouse or what else I'll pray on it. Like when you hear people say stuff like that, it's a nice way of saying no, even though they don't, they mean well, but inside it's really a no. But they mm -hmm. don't really know about it because we know that you can do all the research in the world. No one does the research. 
you know, they either believe they either believe it or they don't. Because like you said, I could give you all the research in the world. And it doesn't change your mind. But I think there's something innately and it's and it's and that person may not even know, but there's just something inside them that's like, yeah, I'm going to sleep on this because yeah. there's just something. And it usually comes from the other person trying to get or manipulate versus getting the sale versus listen, let me just share my heart and my story. And they said, listen, the students, the, you know, at the end of here, at the end of the day, whether your vehicle is speaking one to one, one to many writing podcast, whatever audio, whatever. At the end of the day, you want that person that gets to say, this is the person I want to give my business to or want to help my family or want to help. This is the person that I want to help my solution. My, my, this is the person I want to help my problem because I feel they may have a solution. So, so they're choosing you. So you yeah. think, oh, they're not choosing your product, guys. You know, I could say this is a great phone. It does a lot of cool things. No, no. At the end of the day, they're choosing you to help them with the solution, right? So it's, it's not... Uh, they believe in you. Hey, we believed in Steve Jobs, guys. <laughs> you know, we believed yeah. in Elon Musk. You know, like like that. That's that we believe that. Like, as much as we, it shouldn't be a a superhero driven brand. Like the they believe in some part of your business, product, or or company behind it. There's something that they got to believe in, and they want to choose you or that brand to help solve a problem that they're having. So there has to be a personal like choice of saying. Yes, this is the person I want to help me. Yeah, and I, and I think if you you make it so easy, right? And and I say it like this: I just say your internal and external congruency is like yep. lined up, mm-hmm. and then you are such a good example of this because, like, look how easy the passion is that comes out. Yeah, and you've told this story like a hundred times before, but yeah, you yeah. still you're still so passionate about it because you're just like completely lined up, and so. you remember it, right? Like, so I mean, when you speak about it, you go there. You, I mean, like, you cannot not go there. You remember. Yeah. You remember yeah. it, you feel it, you, you feel like I feel the fear, I feel scared, I feel all those things that I went through. And uh, then at the same time, I, I feel scared. Well, what if I didn't find my solution? Right. That's also the thing. I go, what scares me now every time I tell my stories? If I, what tells me if I didn't go, if I didn't make the decision to go that route, invest the money and time into me, because I didn't have the money, I didn't have the time, but I just, because I made that choice, if I didn't do it, Look at all the beautiful things in my life that happened since then that would have been erased. And the scary part is I never would have known any better. So a lot of times we don't even know the beautiful future in front of us. Right. And we yeah. and the thing is, we don't we don't we don't grieve it and we don't regret it because resent it because we never experienced it. So what if I did this round? I wasn't able to have my two kids. I never would have experienced having two beautiful boys and I would have known better. So a lot of times, like, you know, we grieve our potential of what never would have happened. Mm-hmm. And just I tell people, like, what if? You don't do it and you miss out on all these things. You know, what does the future, amazing future have ahead of you when the solution is, is solved or, or even not even solved, but maybe lessened. Yeah. And it scares me to think in my entire life, the last eight, 18, 19 years, what has transpired in my life, that that would have been erased, gone. It would have been like another timeline. Yeah. And I would have been dead. I would have like, well, who knows? But I never would have experienced this. And it scares the heck out of me I, that I was so close to not doing it. Or, or not making a decision to do it, I would have missed out on all of this, which is just, it mind boggles me. So like even, even talking about in your story, what happened if you didn't do it? You know, what was yeah. that like? So I try to paint two, two timelines, right? These are the, like a movie, right? Parallel universes that if I didn't make that decision, it, so a lot of people are faced with it's money, it's time, whatever. So yeah, I get it. If I didn't put the time and the money and spend it, do borrowed it. 
all this that happened in my life and affecting people and helping people and financial and, and kids and health would have been erased. And the scary part is I never would have known any better. And that scares the heck out of me. Really, yeah. really bad. So you yeah. see, like I could get to that point. Like a lot of times we talk about what happened in our lives. Like here's our hero's journey. Why don't we talk about what if I didn't? You know, what if I didn't invest in it? What if I didn't make that choice? Because we're all faced with a choice, man. There's that fork in the road. And the top, my, my stepdad told me he was 88 when he died. So you want to you get wisdom from old people. Like, yeah. what's the one of that? Like, you asked me, what are the top two things? Well, I told him, what are the top things in life that you learn? And this guy was a Russian Jew and he went through World War I and two, I mean, persecuted. And out of all his life, he says two things. He goes, the toughest thing in life is to make a decision. Hmm. Okay, right. He's right. We don't make so a lot of the stress we have in our lives is because we just got to make a decision. And he goes, and there's no use in looking in the past with anger and regret, nor looking in the future with fear, anxiety, and worry. He goes, but to spend all your time, you know, in the present, in the present time, being aware of all the opportunities that are in front of you and seizing the opportunity in the moment. He goes, because your skills and your opportunities have an expiration date. And just say, you said about skills, because if you turn your head to say, I'll think about it or procrastinate, or I'm going to sleep or you could turn back and then opportunity is gone or someone else had it or you missed out on it. And it goes, what you regret in life is all the opportunities that you missed. And when it comes to the skills and we know the ever, um, ever, you know, increasing of technology, we could have a skill right now. Right? And the thing is, and when algorithms change or when processes change, that skill of yours can become obsolete in a second. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're really good on MySpace and you can build up. Okay. Your <laughs> skill is now obsolete. You follow me saying there's so many things yeah. that we look back, even tech, technology and a lot of like a network, not network, like um, online marketers, like they'll tell you when things shift, you got to develop new skills because your old skills are obsolete. So, I mean, that's so wisdom from an 88 year old. That means a lot. So it's, it's, we, we usually base our future from our past. So we're taking our past and we're recreating the future from our past and we're missing all the amazing opportunities that are right in front of you. And we fail to seize them and take them and hold on to them and then course correct to develop them. So, um, so that's what I'm trying to say is, you know, through these things, um, you know, these are all things you can help teach and show people because they have to make a decision. Right. So I weave yeah. that in, you know, so telling the, so what happened and what what, in a, what 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 would have my life been like if I didn't let it happen? Then it really shows the contrast and it helps that person maybe say or help them make a decision or at least say, hey, what the heck? Let me give it a try. Because, yeah. you know, the worst thing I could do is do nothing. Right. And then I, I would have never known what the future of my life could have had. So. Yeah. What if it's amazing? Yeah. <laughs> think about beautiful. all the people that you've helped over the years. Like oh, I dude, know you've helped so many people. Dude, it's, it's yeah. scary. It's scary. It's, it's one of my, it's what it's, isn't it crazy? It's one of my greatest fears mm. and things that get me nervous is if I wouldn't have made that decision, but I'm like, I already made, I made this decision. It was a good choice. I'm like, yeah, but there was the, there was, there, there was the also choice of not. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to feel that, right? So people like to avoid people like to avoid pain more than pleasure. So, so yeah. I have to paint. I have to paint the two scenarios. But I won. You know, I made the right choice for me. And uh, you know, I just want people to uh, be able to make a, the right choice for, for themselves with what I believe would help them. So this is where that story and the conviction—it's not a conviction and congruency—come into play, versus just saying, you know, when they have the, you know that thing, sell me this pen. You know, well, that's cool. Yeah. If you tell how that pen, you know, saved your life or, or changed your life in some way, shape or form, 
comes from a really good place. Because let me tell you, man, I, I read all the sales things and I got it, man. I just, um, I found that when you come from the heart or come from personal experience, all those techniques automatically come into the picture from a really good place. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, thank you so much, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm inspired. I loved getting yeah. to hear about all that you've created. Um, so where can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? All right. So the best place to do is go on Instagram, you know, and uh, you can, I answer all my personal uh, DMS and, and messages and that's at Dr. Zeno. And uh, you know, when it comes to our stem cell stuff in, in Cancun and stuff, it's, it's really, uh, it's extreme by word of mouth. And you'll see on there, it says secret weapon because a lot of our athletes and entrepreneurs and, and sheiks stuff, we, uh, they, they have a sign non-disclosure. Like we can't speak about them because a lot of athletes, uh, they don't, they, they know it's a cutting edge thing and they don't want their competition to know. And we didn't realize how big that was and how stingy people were <laughs> until when they're winning, they're like, I don't want my, I don't want any other people to know. And so, um, after we were signing so many, um, NDAs and hush things, which I think was great. I realized, holy smoke. I'm like, I'm like the, I'm like the medical mistress of these people or the secret <laughs> weapon because they realized it was changing lives. And even, and you, why would a business person, because they realized like, I'm so clear-minded. I could, I could out, uh, what do you call when you negotiate? They go, I could out negotiate. They'll go in a room and negotiate for 10, 12, 15 hours on a billion dollar deal. And they're like, I could out my mental capacity out does that they cannot hang with me mentally or physically and it goes this is my razor's edge and this and guys the simple thing was just getting their body and their chemistry and their functioning of their body to a new level there was no cool book to read it was like they i was able to just get them to function clear-minded like they did in their 20s and they see that as such a big deal they uh they they just bring people on us so if you're interested in that just uh DM me on my Instagram and I, I could then directly get you to one of our doctors to at least see what's going on and, and explore that. But yeah, Instagram's great. And I, I just, I just want to give and serve to you guys. So I got no product or, or a PDF for you. <laughs> just, just yeah. Right on. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris. Any, any last words? Oh, no, I, I really think we hit it, man. I believe that all of you are born with seeds of greatness and you're capable of doing heroic things. And um, I'm actually running a series right now. I don't know when this airs, but I have this uh, a program called I Am Hero. And it's just what I, it's only really my, the uh, people I consult with. I consult with 10 people a year. They have this program. But right now I'm doing 30 days of it because constantly, wink, wink, it's for me. You know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to make a transition to leap. And to make that transition to leap is, 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 you know, you need like a rocket ship. I need a lot of momentum to make it happen. So I'm pur- purposely going through the th- I'm 30 days of my own program myself. And so to keep accountable, I'm doing it all online on Instagram and lives because it's keeping me accountable every day. I have to do it every day. I have to do a live. And, and the thing is when I could, when you guys got to realize when you, when you know something, you should be able to teach it. So if I could teach it, that means I'm knowing it more and more. And like I told you, if I'm going to teach it, I have to what, be a living example of it. So really what I tell people, I let them know, listen, I'm trying to make a chapter. I'm trying to turn the page of a book to a new chapter. And in a book, turning that page is super easy. But when it's your life, it's like tearing Velcro. <laughs> it's like, but it's your life. So it's leaving old identities behind. It's making the leap and the jump to start something new and evolve. And it has, and just living in like, it's the unknowns, but it has a great, the potential of life and experience and memories is so much greater. So you know, we all need that. I'm at that point in my life where I was regretting, I was grieving my potential. I was regretting moving forward. So I'm like, what am I going to do? 
I'm going to practice through my preach. So I did, I'm doing a 30 day straight of the I'm Hero project. And at the end of it, people can either get it or get some private consulting. But other than that, man, you know, it's all done through Instagram and it's on there as well. So like I said, I, 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 uh, I, I live with my, I live, I live what I preach. And I think that was really the message today. Live with your preach, whatever product you, whatever product you're serving or is a solution that you're selling. You got to make sure you use it. And you got to make sure you believe in it. And if you don't, you're never going to become as successful as you could. You could get really well. You could do really good, but nothing will beat having something that you believe so much about. It becomes a purpose to help people. Yeah. Awesome. All yeah. right. Cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate awesome, your guys. time. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.